If you or a loved one need mental health assistance or are experiencing a mental health crisis, call Lifeline 24-7 on 13 11 14. Hello and welcome to FYI, All Things Mental Wellness. Today we have the pleasure of having a Victorian State representative cricket player at both junior and senior level, a six-time Victorian indoor cricket representative, a three-time Cricket Aubrey-Wodonga Premiership player, a two-time Cricket Aubrey-Wodonga Cricketer of the Year Award winner. He is currently the second highest of all time Wodonga Cricket Club run scorer and literally countless of other representative caps. He's won batting awards, bowling aggregate awards. He's played in the big smoke for Melbourne Uni, Footscray and was a marquee player for Q. He's played in England where he earned under 21 representative selection for North Yorkshire. All this and he's only 25. I certainly can't wait to read over his list of accolades at the end of his career. When we asked this young man to come and have a chat on the episode, he didn't hesitate, which shows he's not just a champion on the field. Jack Craig, welcome to FYI. Oh, thanks, Nadia. That's very, very humbling. Thank you very much. It's quite, it's quite a career, mate. You've been around a bit. I've been playing ever since I was. I can remember, so it's been a big part of my life, cricket and Absolutely. I, I know when I read that, I thought, holy crap, is he really only 25? Like, there, that's that's a lot. Overseas, Melbourne, local, and yeah, that's mm. huge, isn't it, Ben? Oh, totally. Is it? I mean, you said you love cricket. Is it just come naturally to you? Yeah. Uh, my old man, as I was growing up, would always have cricket ball or a cricket bat somewhere in the room, so I knew what he was doing, um, and it's it's what I've known and what I've really enjoyed and, and been a safe place for me. My you played whole other life, sports? So. Uh, I, go, I dabbled in a bit of footy. Um, I've, I've been that kid that's tried everything, which has been good because I've, I've had my eyes open up to a lot more than just cricket and, and it's probably another reason why I do love the game is I've been out there, I've, I've tried a lot of things from temping bowling to mountain bike riding to fishing, all that stuff. And, and yeah, cricket is the one that really uh, feels right. Yep. Because as an adult, you can make your own decisions as to what you want to do now. But as a kid, I'm guessing your folks just gave you that opportunity to say, mate, whatever you want to do. Absolutely. Would that be fair? Absolutely. I, they didn't um, pigeonhole me to cricket or any sport at all. Um, they, they gave me the opportunity to, to do what I wanted to do. And, and what I wanted to do was... Um, Stand in the sun all day. That's it. Wear whites, follow <laughs> my father's footsteps and, and, and yeah... So that's what's happening. Yeah, and it's and it's rolled really. I mean, obviously you, you've got talent. There's no doubt about that. <clears throat> Sorry, you wouldn't have been picked up around the place. But for you to be able to maintain and keep growing and be put in front of selectors to do the next thing and the next thing, do you have to work on that real hard? Oh, it's it can be very tedious at times because cricket is played ninety percent above your shoulders because you know one mistake or one lapse in concentration and. And that's your day done if you're a batsman or it can be tough, but you've really got to work hard at your game if you want to do well at it. It's not something you can just sit back and, and think is going to happen because mm. um, there's a lot of people out there to, to get it. Yeah, there's 11 players that are trying to get you out 
and the captain's one job is to work out how to get you out, and sometimes they get the better of you. That's an interesting point. It's a mm. it's a team game with the other eleven players and and your other eleven players. Yet when you're out there, you're it. Mm. You're the only one, mm. and they're all against you. So it absolutely, gives, gives you it, it is sides. a team game, but it's it's quite an individual game as well. Would you agree with that? Absolutely, and there's not many other games like it. To mm. be honest, um, yeah, there's there's baseball and and stuff like that, but you know, cricket is, in my opinion, one of the most mental mental games that you you need to use your head. Sure. Absolutely. Yep. Do you get tips on how to do that from coaches and other players? How, how do you learn how to hold concentration for essentially five, four or five hours straight? It's something that's not really coached enough, um, the mental side of the game, because it is such a big mental mental game. It's not really coached enough, and it's uh, it's starting to – where people are starting to learn how to do it. There's a great book that I'm reading at the moment called Cricket Mindfulness by um, Graham Winter. So if there's any cricketers out there listening, definitely have a have a have a look into the book. Um, it's, it talks about cricket from a from a point of view. It's not about looking good or the technique side of the game, which is what we've we've been taught previously. It's it's about mental, and it's really eye opening. I've I've learnt a lot. I'm I'm only about fifty pages in, but it, it feels right. Um, mm. You can just look at the likes of Steve Smith, an Indian bowler, Jasper Boomer. They they look terrible when they're playing. He just took. The, I was just going to ask that. I wonder if Steve Smith's read that yeah. book because I mean, te- I'm no cricketer, but yeah, his technique isn't textbook yet. He's arguably the best batsman in the mm. world. And he's upon a podcast by Howard Games, and he talks about it. It's all mental. He he works really hard on his mental side of the game, and and you can see that he does so well. He's so tough. When he's at the crease and never makes a mistake, and that's because yeah. he's in he's in the zone, he's focused, and he believes in himself. Yeah, that's great. You got to fall out of that zone sometimes, though. They're, they're, well, it's human. It is human, and that's something that you can work on. But in cricket, you have little lapses, so you only need to switch on for one second. The bowler comes in, you hit the ball, you switch off, and you think about what you're having for dinner. Yep. And then as soon as the bowler's at the top of the mark, bang, you're on again. So yeah. it's all about. Failing, learning from your failures, and then not doing that again. Yeah, and um, just be in the moment, be present, and your only issue in life at that point in time is hitting that cricket ball. Yeah, or and not that, getting out. So there, there's a there's a valid point to mm. take away all the other noise. Ha, that's a that's a trick. Well, that's not a trick. It's a it's a it's something that you have to be able to a skill that you've got to be able to it work on. I'm skill. guessing to be able to just go right now. I can only think about just that. Mm. Mm, absolutely. And, and block out all those outside noises, you know, and I suppose we can take that out of the cricket or off the cricket pitch and, you know, relate that to life, that there are outside noises, distractions, um, ups and downs that are happening. And, I mean, I personally, I'm so, I could sit and talk to you for hours about cricket, but I want to know how do you take that out to your normal life, your working life, your social life, your family life? How, how do you take those skills and those qualities that you use on the cricket pitch and put them into everyday life? Because cricket's a small part of your life, mm. obviously. Absolutely. And that's yeah. a great question, Nadia. And the podcast is called uh, Mental Wellness, but I like yep. to think of it as mental fitness. Because yep. it's it's like, you know, going to the gym. You want to go to the gym to get bigger and stronger and it's not just going to happen. You've got to really work work towards it and it's the same with uh, your mental health. If you 
if you keep working towards it, you're going to make it bigger and stronger. And same with cricket. You know, you, yep. you keep working towards it and you're going to get better and better and better. Yeah, absolutely. I think we've touched on that before. I, I've probably touched on it a couple of times, Burn, where we say, and, and rightly so, you know, there's a big focus on you got to exercise for 30 minutes every day, you know, which helps our mental wellness. I get that. But it helps our physical fitness to exercise 30 minutes every day. Yet where's the focus on spending 15 minutes on our mental wellness mm. every single solitary day. You know, where, where, where is that? And one, oh, you know, I'm a big advocate of it. We need to be doing that every day. And, and you've hit the nail on the head. People want to get fit, want to get strong. They practice, they practice, they practice. We need to practice. Do you find yourself doing that, mate? Do you, do you I, I do that every day. Every make day. Make a conscious decision to do that. Yeah, just before, when I get into bed. I have a, a book that I write in. I write um, what I'm grateful for, what I'm looking forward to the next day. And just log a few things like how much fitness I've done, if I've eaten well. It's it's a book that's sort of, I don't have to write it down, it's there. I just answer the question. So I don't have to do the work. It's not very straining on my head. And, and I actually enjoy doing it. It makes me realise some of the little things that you just sort of never think about again. Geez, how good was that? You know, like. I'm glad I had that experience. And Do you find it's becoming a diary of your life? Yeah. I've, I've only ever gone back and read once and and ever since I've done it, there's not many bad days in there. There's, there's a lot of good stuff and I think that's what it's trying to do. It, try, it wants you to really be conscious of the good things that have happened and not dwell on what, well, what you can't control, for instance. There's no point even worrying about stuff you can't control, um, but really focusing on on the good because there's a lot of good and sometimes the bad can overshadow that once you've written those things down at night and you say you do it of an evening before you go mm. to bed help you sleep i think so I'm, I'm going to bed with a clear head i sleep well so i'm guessing that mm. i'm not thinking or or anything like that i'm just really looking forward to the next day i can't wait to get to sleep and and get up and and to live what i've sort of written down i've, I've given myself sort of a goal already for the next day is to I'm really looking forward to doing this, this, this and this and I'm I'm I enjoy the experience. So for people listening, Jack, when you without telling us and getting into personal details, are they little things that you're grateful for, you know, or are they big things? Because someone might be listening going, Yeah, but you know, my life's pretty crap at the moment. Can you give us some insight into how big or how little some of those things that you focus on with gratitude are? Mm. Oh, it, it, some days, some days there's not going to be a big, you know, or something that stands out to you that you're really grateful for. But when you really step back and think, you know, like how my dog was happy when he got home to see me, you know, like, and it makes you feel good. And you Absolutely. Go, I'm so grateful. Yep. I have my dog. Yep. It is an absolute legend of a dog yeah. and just, yeah, it, it's... So it can be those little things that we do take for granted, yet, Pets, yeah. pets are secret keepers, aren't they? Yeah. You can tell them out of them. Yeah. yeah. Totally. We, uh, uh, we, we have a dog and uh, and I know he, um, especially for one of my two sons, uh, he is the secret keeper. Mm. And mm. Uh, and that, that dog is is just a massive part of his life. And it's, and it's cool to watch them just sit there and... Mm dare I say it, talk to each other um, mm. because you kind of are. Yeah, um, Even though you're only one-way conversation, although our staffy he talks, 
to a degree. <laughs> <laughs> They're funny things. But, um, yeah, from a pet's point of view, it's great to have that smile mm. put onto your face by someone who wants nothing from you at all, mm. uh-huh. apart from a feed. And another thing, you've always got to be grateful for your true friends. And, and I find myself talking about that a lot in the book. And you do work out the friends that mean a lot to you pretty quick because you feel yourself or you see yourself thinking about them a lot when you're when you're in your own thoughts thinking about something to write. Mm. And I know with you, Jack, because I follow you personally, but you've obviously made a huge transition with your, um, well, I suppose with your physical fitness, but no doubt um, your alcohol intake and those sort of things, the party life, you're only 25. And that must be hard because obviously you've changed your social habits as well. Mm. How... Is that where you're going with your friends or if it's not where you were going with your conversation just then, how have your mates and family accepted that side of you? It'll be different for some people because I have changed a lot in a short amount of time. Like I'm sitting here with blonde tips in my hair. and They look awesome too, by the way. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) But six months ago, there's not a chance I'd be taking a risk like that and uh, risk having people – or in my mind, think about me and make opinions on me. But yep. at the moment or now, that doesn't mean a thing to me. That's but, nice. That's you know, a good place to be, I mean. Yeah. So I just I I did it. just talking about his tips still. Yeah, um, they're nice. <laughs> <laughs> was, there a, was there a switch, mate? I mean, what was the trigger? I mean, you've obviously picked up something along the way that has caused you to have a mind shift. Mm. And, and I have, I've had a huge mind shift. I'm, I'm a lot happier. And, and I do put it down to that one day that someone recommended me the, the Resilience Project and I had no idea about the book. I'd never heard of him before. I was up to about the second chapter where I realised that I actually knew Hugh and he coached me in Melbourne Uni and he t- spoke about that in the book and I really resonated with the book and everything that he was saying and, and I understood everything and I put it towards my own life. I started with little steps and and it started with one day, you know, I went for a run. I got, I had a bit of a sweat. I got the huff and puff up and um, woke up the next morning feeling great. And I thought, I'm going to do it again. And then before I knew it, 15 days had passed and I'd done it for 15 days in a row. And I was eating healthy. And then the next thing you know, I lost 10 kilos. And, you know, now that life just seems a lot simpler. And I think that's because there's a lot of external pressures that I don't, doesn't matter to me anymore. Like I used to be influenced by a lot of people, and now I'm not. That's awesome. It is amazing how the weight of wanting to succeed or Mm. showing people that you can do things and and, and proving yourself consistently can manifest itself into physical weight. Where we we, we carry some kilos that we shouldn't. Mm. And and, and I don't mean just a couple here and there because we all do that, but, you know, more and more it can just keep building and building and building and the more stress and the more weight that you put onto yourself – um, from the from the weight of the world and expectations can come out that way, can't it? Mm, absolutely. And and the reason why it can be such an issue at the moment, I think, is social media. There's a lot of a lot of these people that post these photos of how good's my life. I'm sitting on a yacht doing work, but re- it's not that simple. They only post. It's like it's like a movie. They're trying to make it look like life, life, but which it's not. it's not. And it's giving people a false a false sense of life. Um, and, and a lot of the kids these days are living on social media and that's how they think they should be living. And it's a very hard way to live. 
It's fantastic to hear that from a 25-year-old, Ben. Because we, we see that. Bernie's in his 50s, I'm not. But we see that as uh, we've had a little bit more life. Well, we've had more life mm. than what you have, Jack. So we see that. But we worry about our kids who, who are similar age to you. And that's that's just amazing to hear mm. a 25-year-old be mature enough to see it and believe it and, and move past that. And, and, we'll, and to, you know, to walk that talk. Mm. The, th- yeah. the thing is that we can talk about this all day long as, as, um, as the generation that we are. We're not the generation changes. You guys are. Yeah. And the Absolutely. Issue is, the issue is how do you, how do you fix it? Because it, it's everywhere. It's, it's on Instagram. It's on Facebook. It's on YouTube. It's everywhere. And well, it takes people like you, Jack. It, it honestly, you know, I'm not here to pump anyone's tires up, but it does. It takes people like you who are influential in our little community to start making changes. Yeah, it's funny you talk about influences on social media. I think we can live a life where we are influencers by not engaging in that social media, mm. and I think that's a big thing. Interestingly, just to go back a second, you you spoke about when you picked up the book, someone gave you the book, mm. The Resilience Project. Were you looking for something, do you think, at the time? did you? Were you in a, a rut in your life, yeah, perhaps? Yeah, I was. That's, to put a coin of phrase? That's a perfect word, because I was in a rut. And I think they recognised that, and they gave me the book, because it was about cricket, and and as if, obviously I love cricket, and it was one of the better days. Mm. It's interesting how you can have somebody watching you in mm. your life and, and nobody wants to step in on somebody else. You don't want to step on you and go, oh, geez, Jack, you're struggling and we should be doing this for you and we should be doing that for you. And you go, rack off, mate, I've got mm. it. You know, mm. well, I'm cool here. When you're really not at the end of the day. Absolutely. Um, for someone to be able to recognise that for you is, is huge. Was that family, friends, someone in the cricket world? And not to name names, yeah. but where did that influence come from that actually was mindful enough to mm. be able to say, fucking Jack needs a little lift here? Yeah, it was one of my one of my close friends, and um, it, it's it's a tough subject to talk about because a lot of people they want to ask if you're okay, um, and they feel like if they ask if you're okay or not, it's now their problem mm. or it's their issue, now and that and that's not that's not exactly correct, right. you know. And I think we're very uneducated on that subject. Like a lot of people do ask, "Are you okay?" but they've got no idea what to do next. And Absolutely. It's like they say, the, are you okay day? Yeah, mm. We all ask, but what the hell do we do if someone says, no, mate, I'm actually struggling? What what do we do? Yeah, and it's all about the conversation, just like we're having here. Yep. It's not about having to give up your life to help someone else. It's about getting them talking. And once they've started talking, it compiles into maybe going to see someone professional or mm-hmm. getting a book, like mm-hmm. like what happened with me. And, and that's sort You're of- Listening the, to an amazing podcast. That's it. That is yep. it. So, and that's what it's about. Are you okay? It's about getting someone that has some issues or ha- having mm-hmm. a hard time talking because it is a very hard thing to do and, and it takes that, a lot of courage. And it also allows them to open their eyes, mm. you know, and, and it's to come from a genuine place, to, to genuinely ask somebody if they're going okay, because we can all go around the place and go, Nards, you go, you okay? Yeah, yeah, I'm good, fine. Mm. Moving right along. But to genuinely take that interest and ask that one next question mm. can be the catalyst. And clearly it was in your instance mm. where it's not turned your life around, but certainly given you an opportunity to be the best that you can possibly be. Absolutely. Mm. And we don't know it all. 
do we? We talk about this a lot. We, we as as adults, we still don't know it all. Um, We're all learning as. 12 to 15-year-olds who are the ones that are most influenced by social media and the images that you were talking about earlier, they don't know anything. And they're the ones that are the biggest sponges who are taking in everything from around them to form the way that they are going to be adults. If we can take some time as adults that have learned some tips and tricks along the way to give back to them, that's the influencing that I think we need to do going forwards, not just tapping our mate on the shoulder who's 25, 35, 55 and saying, are you okay? Because that definitely needs to mm. happen. But to go that one more step, we need to think about that generational change where mental wellness needs to be part of their life. Because I mean, hell, 12 to 15 year olds take no prisoners. Mm. Everything is in front of them. They've got just, the world is their oyster. Um, and they don't have any weight of responsibility which is a big thing that comes on. And I'm guessing as part of your cricketing life and as, as your growth coming you know, from, from that age set through to being a, a man, there's a huge weight of responsibility that starts coming on. You know, your financial responsibilities and you've got family responsibilities and you've got to be this and you've got to be that. Well, you don't. No. You've got to be the best you. And if we can teach our little kids how to do that rather than being influenced by the social media of the world, we're all influenced by media yeah. in some way, shape or form. But if that can be a positive message and helping them to perhaps have a diary like you're talking about yep. each day, writing something down, positive, good, to keep that constant positive spin on the world is, I hope, what we can get a message out to everybody to be. And the only race, you're, the only person you're running against is yourself. Mm. Um, yeah, absolutely. You, you don't have to compare yourself to anyone. The only person that you should be comparing yourself to is who you were yesterday. And uh, I like that. So if you, as a as a very positive fella, could sit down with somebody who was perhaps looked like they were struggling a little bit, if you could give them a start off, one tip of information, what might that be? I'd work out what they truly enjoy mm. um, and would start from there because it's easy to do something that you really, really love doing. That could be fishing, it could be hunting, cricket, archery, anything. Tennis. Tennis, and would work from there because mm. it's easy to do. It's a conversation that can be had easily and then just get the conversation flowing and then work out what's really yep. happening. Do you think you have the skills to continue that conversation with somebody? I've definitely gotten a lot better mm -hmm. over time. I, I was a bit frightened of the, of the thought of having to have a tough conversation with something like that. Now, seeing myself get out of that rut, it can be done and it does take a little bit of time but once you get that consistency right and and lay down those good habits and get rid of a few of those bad habits, it starts compiling into something that's pretty um, pretty special and, and you really wake up in the morning looking forward to the day. Mm. I love getting up early in the morning now and just seizing the day and seeing you know, how good it's going to be. Because we don't all have that mindset. Not everybody has a thought pattern that they want to go and find somebody else that they can help out, um, and, you know, and drill down a little bit and, and find out the good things that you know make their lives positive and help them to do that. Do you reckon it's necessary for someone to go down a life journey where they've crashed a bit and picked themselves up and gone forward to have the ability to recognise and then want to be able to share some tips and tricks mm. with somebody else? Do you reckon that's necessary? I think failure is a massive part 
to anything in life. You learn the most from failure. It's something that we do use at the cricket club is when we lose, you know, we don't lose, we learn. And I feel like we have gotten so much better since we've started that. Um, shout out to Leo McGee for bringing that to the club. Um, but well yeah, done, Leo. Well done, Leo. But yeah, we really work out what, what happened wrong, what, what went wrong, and we, we don't do it again. And that's the same in life. You know, um, I think the time, I, it was tough for me, and I recognise that, and so did someone else, obviously. But it does get better, and it, it, it is okay to to be feeling you know, you're going to have a bad day and that's yeah, everyone's going to have bad days. That, that's such a nice, um, well, it's it's just a nice way to think about even in normal life when we do fail, when we do lose a deal that we wanted to ride or whatever it is, we, we can all relate to something that we've failed or we think we failed in life. But to go back and, and tell yourself, well, I didn't fail. Um well, maybe I did, but what can I learn from mm. that to move forward to eliminate it happening again? You know, mm. it just puts that bit more positive spin. You didn't lose, I mean. Mm. That that's that's just amazing. And and I love and I love the fact that what you've done for yourself can only ever change people around you. Would you agree, Byrne? He's involved in cricket clubs. He works with other people to have influential people that walk the talk. I know we've spoken about this before. You're showing people what you're doing. You're not just talking about it. You're not saying, oh, I do this. And when I lose, Mm. I don't look at it as a loss. You're doing it. Mm. You are literally doing it. And and the last, I know I spoke about social media and and having influences, but the last few weeks I've actually taken to social media and and sort of told my story a little bit, um, and it is so rewarding having people message you back and say, you know, Jack, you've motivated me. I've, oh, made, a, I've made a change, and absolutely, it makes me a bit emotional because yeah, that's awesome. We do bang on about social media being a negative thing, but it can certainly be very powerful when it comes to the positives as well. Can't mm, it? And it just makes it all worth it. Yep. Yeah, and, and you absolutely. do, and you've shared part of yourself. And, and allowed the world to look in on you. Um, and you're right, that's very humbling when people can then mm. come back and, and boost you and, and, and give you that but, good but, feedback. But not only did Jack put it out there to everyone, he exposed himself. Mm, he I made himself vulnerable of this is who I was and this is who I'm becoming and who I am. So, yeah, you say it made you feel good getting those messages, but you know, hats off to you. That's exposing your vulnerability is one of the hardest things you can do. I did. It took a lot of courage because there's a lot of people out there that that I used to worry about what they said or, or thought. Or thought. Yeah. Um, but now it's most importantly to to look after your family, your friends, and and yourself because you can't right. be you can't be sitting at home stressing about something that's not even happened yet. So mm. it's it's so important. It's a difficult thing to do. We're all mindful, not mindful, we're all susceptible to being intimidated by people's opinion of us. And, you know, we want to succeed and we want to show people that we're good at life and we want to be the people that are actually succeeding mm. and, and getting to that next thing. So to be mindful enough to sit back in your space and say, no, you know what, this is where I'm at today mm. and this is what I'm doing. And hopefully somebody can pick up on that and, and be inspired mm. by that sharing and that caring at the end of the day. And Absolutely. It is a fine line though because I, n- I never want to be that person that says, you know, do this, do this, do this. You're going to benefit from it. I would rather 
lay down, well, just show that it is possible and, and have someone try and find what makes them tick. Mm. Yeah. Because there's a lot of people, especially on YouTube, you know, talking about this is how you need to do it, where there is no, there is no proper way. It's everybody's unique. Everybody's unique. So what what resonated with you with the resilience program was mm. obviously the cricket side of things with Absolutely. you being the author. So that's what dragged you in, and this is what works for you is is being grat- you know gracious for what you've got, but for the next person it may not work. Mm. So, Absolutely, yeah. I think a good message too is, I mean, you're successful in your sport. You've worked hard at it. You you do what you do because you love it. You don't have to be a super successful sports person to be mindful in your day-to-day and to pick up on the tips that you're talking about and the things that the Resilience Project teaches people Mm. um, and hopefully the tips and tricks that we're talking about as well. Mm. You don't have to be a notable person in the community. Your face doesn't have to be in the paper. You can be the best person you can possibly be as who you are. Absolutely. Mm. And Resilience Project, yes, being cricket-based, there's a lot of other awesome, um, I'd say, maybe influences. There's Gary V. you know, he's he's more motivational, financial side of things. Uh, there's Kerwin Ray. I don't know if you've heard of Kerwin Ray. He speaks a lot about, probably more for parents, but he speaks a lot about, you know, bringing up your kids, uh, letting them find themselves, and, and he's very inspirational. And it's pretty funny saying it, but Joe Rogan says some pretty... Yeah. Pretty cool stuff as well. Um, in his two-hour podcast. Yeah, in his two-hour <laughs> podcast. So uh, they ha- they're in a different zone at the, at, in those podcasts. But they, they have some they, positivity in them. Absolutely. There's no doubt about it. Absolutely. And I, I do enjoy listening to some of those. And there's some weird characters on there, but it's, uh, it's good to get to know some of those people. A yeah, fairly consistent message that seems to be coming from you is that you seek information mm. uh, from books, podcasts and whatnot, would you recommend people try to go looking for something? Yeah. Or do you think it's a catalyst that somebody needs to give you that first book? I think there's podcasts out there for everyone, you know, like there, there'll be one there'll be one about, um, as I said, Gary Vee, financial and, and motivational, you know, that might be your thing and that's fine. And then maybe it's Kerwin that sits well with you. Mm. And and mine was mine was Hugh, Hugh Van Collenberg and 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 that's what got my sort of understanding about mental wellness mm. and sort of recognising it. And and that's the same for everyone else. There is a lot of resources out there. Just keep searching, keep reading. If keep it does, looking for that positivity. Keep looking for mm-hmm. that positivity because over time it does, as I said before, um, compile into something that is pretty special. Oh, it's powerful. Very powerful. As powerful as sliding the other way can be. Mm. In a, in a negative sense. Absolutely. You can be out there watching some negative stuff as well and, and bad habits creep in. And after a while, those bad habits actually turn into issues. doesn't take long for a habit to start, does it? No, it doesn't it at all. It goes on from there. So if you, let me ask you this question, podcasts and you're looking for things all the time, if you had a message to give to people and you wanted to say something on a billboard to somebody, what would your billboard message say? To the say? world, to the world. I've actually already said it in this podcast. I wrote it down because I wanted to put it out there at some point in this podcast and it's the only person you should be comparing yourself to is who you were yesterday and not what someone else is today. Like you, you are, you really are running your own race. You're not running against anyone else. You can go at your own speed. It's okay to be you and do what 
you want to do. If you want to wear pink today, wear pink. Mm-hmm. If you want to get blonde tips like I've got, get them. Wear red mm. shoes. Who Absolutely. cares? Mm. Honestly, if it makes you feel good, do it. Totally. Absolutely. And the more people out there with that sort of mentality, the better off the world will be. And it's, it- not, it's not as easy as just saying... You know, like you you do it yourself. It's not. I understand it is not that easy, but it is. It's that moment, that one day, that it clicks, and then nothing else matters. Mm. It's. It's. I wish I could just go to someone and and flick the switch and oh, just yeah. say, "Here you go. Mm. You're feeling better. You're feeling better." But it's not that easy. But it is a process, and the what we're doing here is is making people recognise that. Yep, it's it is a thing, and you can get help. Uh, it's a lot easier and. There's no point just living the rest of your life unhappy. Mm. And, uh, and self-help is, is beneficial. Mm. Yeah. Go chasing that thing. Because it's not, I mean, we talked, you said it's a race mm. and you're running your own race. And I know we coined that phrase, but it's not that much of a hurry. No. Slow down. At your own pace. Do it at a pace that's going to suit you. Yeah, some days that's racing flat out. That's go, 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 go and be, you know, get to the next point. But sometimes you do have to pull it up and say, I'm going to check myself here. Mm. Where am I at? What am I doing? Am I happy? Am I going down the path that I want to go down or am I being forced down there by somebody else? And then take those steps to go forward, get those tips. Mm. And unfortunately, a lot of people think that the mental health is a negativity, uh, like a negative. And people, you find people that have mental health probably issues yep. actually are very empathetic and care a lot about people and not only have their own issues, but bring on other people's issues to try and help them because- that's what they do, and it, it, it's not it's not an issue. People aren't insane if they've got mental problems. Not at all. And that's, I think, a little um, misconception with this sort of industry is people think that it's insanity straight away, which yeah. it's, it's not. I I'm glad you-, you brought that up, Jack, because that there is a misconception. Still, we've come a long way. We've come a hell of a long way, but there still is a lot of misconception. You know, we, we don't have a problem saying, hey, Burn, I've been – you know, diagnosed with X, Y, Z or, you know, I've got this issue or that issue, but God forbid, you know, don't tell your mate or your work colleague that you've got depression or mm. you've got anxiety or, you know, I think we've come a long way, but yeah, you, you're you're absolutely right. Mental health is such a massive umbrella. Mm. So much goes under it and there's so much help out there. It doesn't need to define us. And I'd like to say in the future, maybe getting taught at schools because- yep. It, it, there's there's no there's not much education or there's none on it. Yep. In schools coming up. And I mean, Hugh is going to have to pay us some royalties here because we've brought up the resilience program that many times, but he's doing that. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. He goes around to the schools teaching gratitude, mindfulness, empathy. So maybe you could be the Hugh of uh, the Sorbury Wodonga region, Jack. Yeah, I'd love that, and and it does it it does really. You, I get a kick out of helping people. It makes you feel so good and makes you feel like that you've done something. And if I can help one person just from this podcast, that'd be awesome. Get them running. I reckon you'll help more than one person. If the only issue in mental health was the fact that people were super positive, then that would be the problem. That would be an awesome Mm. problem to have to try Mm. to control. We've just got to get ourselves to that point where mental wellness, mental health, mental healthiness is, um, yes, combined with a bit of physical healthiness that goes with it because healthy mind, healthy body, Mm. that does actually work. But yeah, little bits, one person at a time. But Jack summed it up before, you know, he doesn't like to say mental health 
how do you like to refer it to? It's mental like fit, mental, fitness. mental fitness. And, you know, if the younger generation want to look at it that way, well, that's okay too. We train no, no, your no. body so that you can go and play cricket all mm. day long. You've got to train your mind for life. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and it's like a pre-season. You can get it done in, in four months. You just yeah. need to, in footy, you just pre-season, bang, you get it done. You get fit, four months. And I'm not saying it's going to happen in four months, but I'm saying you can get some good habits in four months to get you on the right track. Absolutely. Doesn't take long. It's yeah, just about no, that's, taking that that's first awesome step. awesome advice. Awesome advice, Jack. Now, Jack, we like to end our podcast with a bit of light humour. Well, I hope it's funny because some of them have been quite funny. going to ask you six questions, six quick questions. Here we go. Whiskey or rum? Oh, whiskey. Oh, rum makes you stink. Text or call? Uh, call. Giving or receiving? <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, giving. Why does everyone laugh at that? <laughs> Keep your mind clean. Giving. Facebook or Instagram? Uh, Instagram. High school or adult life? Adult life. Scrunch or fold? Scrunch. We won't judge you. <laughs> um, Jack, uh, Bernie, I, we're just chuffed that you came on and I think it's it's certainly a, a demographic that we needed to get out there to the community, to the world. Oh, not just a demographic. It's You're, oh, you're an infectious person. Your, yep. your positive nature, your smile, the brightness in your eyes, it is infectious. And I think you being able to talk to us and having everyone listen to us has just put a light into somebody's day. And I thank you very much oh, for well, that. Thank you, guys. Nadia, Bernie, this is a great thing that you're doing and- and I appreciate you reaching out to me to have a chat and it's been awesome. And as I said before, I hope that can help someone. Somewhere. I'm sure it will. Sure it will, Jack. Now, can you go make 100 today, please? That'd be nice. We're playing on a green top, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Good work. Thanks, Thanks Jack. Thanks. Appreciate Thanks. it. Thanks.